0: Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Inside Job Podcast with Mikkel Brand Oliver. The Inside Job Podcast will share light, love, and lessons to support you in loving and valuing yourself from the inside out. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to episode five of the Inside Job Podcast. Thank you for listening and for your desire to grow in your journey of being emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually well. I am Mikel Brandt Oliver, someone just like you, for real, for real, who strives to be the best version of themselves. Every Monday for the next five weeks of season one of the Inside Job podcast, I will share light, love, and lessons to help us unearth self-love from the inside out. If anything discussed in this episode is helpful for you, please share with those in your circle, subscribe to the inside job podcast, rate, leave a review, connect with me and apply what you heard. We are at the halfway point of season one, y'all shout out to you and the work and intentionality you've put in to taking notes, reflecting Listening to episodes multiple times, applying what you've heard, taking actions, and making connections that are just right for you and your current season. I am proud of you. I see you. I appreciate the support, and I love you. The last episode of season one will release on Monday, April 5th, 2021 at 8 a.m., And I'm in the process of planning and preparing a bridge for us between season one and season two that will release in the fall of 2021. And that bridge is called the Inside Job Kinship. And kinship will be free spaces for us to come together eye to eye. I want to see y'all virtually for conversation, storytelling, lessons, and practical application Every month from April to June 2021 More information and details on the inside job kinship are coming soon Head to www.striveforimpact.com podcast That's strive for impact F-O-R-M-P-A-C-T Dot com backslash podcast No I in impact for downloads from each episode. If there's a specific download that would be helpful for your growth and you don't see it on the website, send me an email and I'll get it made and available for you aseptually. Are you ready for the mindset check-in? A mindset check-in is a temperature check of your heart, which is the nucleus of your entire being and drives your mind, thoughts, and behaviors. Proverbs 4.7 states, the beginning of wisdom is get skillful and godly wisdom. It is preeminent. And with all you're acquiring, get understanding. Actively seek spiritual discernment, mature comprehension, and logical interpretation. The mindset check-in for episode five is what is something you initially resisted that ended up being beneficial and helpful for you? What is something you initially resisted that ended up being beneficial and helpful for you? Resistance y'all to acceptance is a bridge to receiving. Something that I initially resisted that ended up being beneficial and helpful for me is everything. (laughs) There are many examples that I can pull from for this question, but I'll land on being a teacher. I was actively Nike Air Zoom running from being a teacher upon my graduation from undergrad in 2006. Now mind you, I was in the teacher preparation program at James Hillhouse High School in New Haven, Connecticut. I received a 5-year scholarship to study education at my local state university. I accepted the scholarship, went to Southern Connecticut State University to major in elementary education, failed Praxis 1 three times, which is the exam that I needed to take to get into the school of education. Finally got into the school of education, studied, completed student teaching, had a natural rapport with students and was taking every step to become a teacher. And upon graduation said, nah, I want to do something different. I want to be a juvenile probation officer. And I started chasing that idea. And that plan foiled. (laughs) And I was offered my first job as a teacher in December 2006. And I cried because I did not want to be a teacher. But God's plans superseded my insecurities and fears. And I started my career as a fourth grade teacher, kicking, screaming and crying. And receiving reluctantly and slowly, the calling on my life to teach has been one of the best decisions of my life. What I learned from students, some who were eight and nine when I was their teacher and are now 22 and 23, who I still communicate with, what I learned from parents, from colleagues that became family and communities I've worked with have significantly contributed to the woman I am today. This week, reflect on something you were initially resistant to that ended up being beneficial and helpful for you. Write or audio record your thoughts, share them with someone, and ask them the same question. The topic for episode five is Drumroll, Please. <laughs> Strength Training, The Essence of Mental Fitness. Get your notebooks ready. Mental fitness is how you mentally and emotionally approach life's challenges. From the smallest to the most colossal with a positive mindset. Mental fitness is a state of well-being involving the way you feel Think and act. As I've stamped in every episode thus far and will continue to do so, self-love is about receiving. Receiving and accepting God's love, which is a gift that you don't earn. Growing in his love with your relationship with him, flowing in his love with your relationship with yourself and giving of his love in your relationship with others and the world around you. And this flow of love happens at the same time. Receiving is challenging when you don't have the mental, spiritual, and emotional space to let in and accept. And acceptance is challenging when the programming of our minds and hearts are fragile. Let's park here for a minute. With the term fragile or fragility in the context of mental fitness fragility is a concept that can be applied in many contexts risk analysis physics culture politics interpersonal relationships race related defenses and sensitivities etc and at its base fragility and fragile systems and mindsets break down when stressed and under pressure. Fragile systems and mindsets come undone, unhinged, and remain in this state, or worse, when stressors are present. Anti-fragility and anti-fragile, a term coined by Nassim Talib, refers to systems and mindsets that not only survive stress and pressurized situations, but flourish and get better the capacity of anti-fragile systems and mindsets increase as a result of stressors and volatility and the human body is a great example of anti-fragility so think about it in terms of strength training which has tremendous benefits by the way so if you were strength training your body your muscles you would subject your muscles to tension and you would add weight and pressure, pressure from free weights, body weights, weight, different weight machines. And the tension that you would put on your muscles, different reps, different exercises, causes tears in your muscle fibers. And your body responds by repairing the tears and increasing the size of the fibers and the strength of the nerves that activate the fibers. In other words, added pressure, stress, and tearing of your muscles when strength training don't just repair back to its original state. Added pressure, stress, and tearing of your muscles repairs better, stronger, and bigger than its original state. You, your life, and everything about you is designed to operate in the same way. The bigger the challenge, the greater mental fitness is required of you. So take a second and and think about your default patterns when reacting and responding to life situations that are stressful or turbulent or challenging Again, from the most minute to to the most magnified challenge. Do you find yourself becoming unraveled easily, tilting towards negativity and pessimism as a means to manage life? And then you seem to remain in a cynical and fragile posture? Or do you look for the bright spots in life situations? Do you seek out the glimmer of positivity? In the situation, and then seek the lesson despite the difficulty? Or do you do a bit of both? Now, by no means am I making light of what any of us have gone through and are going through. For some of us, it's generational, it's overwhelmingly heavy, it's particularly dark, and it aches the very core of our souls especially in the midst of a global crisis and limits on how we can connect with one another. And if we zoom in on mental fitness by the numbers, y'all, nearly one in five American adults will have a diagnosable mental health condition in any given year. 44 million U.S. adults are living with mental illness. 17.3 million adults are living with depression. 9.8 million U.S. adults experience suicidal thoughts and 42.5 million adults are living with anxiety disorders, which are among the most common mental illness in America. Life challenges are real. And even if these numbers don't apply to you and the current state of your mental health, you're still susceptible to life's ebbs and flows. We all are. And if you or someone you know is living with mental illness and needs support, reach out to someone you trust and love. There is power in the ministry of presence. Sometimes you don't have to say anything or know what to say, just being there virtually on FaceTime or the phone to let someone know you see them and hear them and love them is golden. If this isn't an option for you for whatever reason, Mentalhealth.gov has resources for immediate help. OpenCounseling.com has warm lines available. And warm lines are alternatives to crisis lines and provide you with someone to talk to for emotional support. Prayer is always at the top of the list for every context and situation. And I would love to help you in any way I can. I'm not a licensed therapist but I love you and will support you. Send me an email, call, or text. I'm serious. If you don't know what to say, put in the subject, can we talk, and hit send. God sees you and loves you and is with you. Mental fitness accounts for the fact that trauma is real. Many of us are familiar with post-traumatic stress disorder, But have you heard of post-traumatic growth? Post-traumatic growth is a positive change experienced as a result of the struggle with a major life crisis or a traumatic event, anti-fragile system. Life challenges and crisis of varying degrees are inevitable. And y'all, we have two options when facing life's challenges. Option one, accept that it is inevitable. Option two, reject option one. We can accept it and face it, and this may require the support of a licensed professional, and that is okay, and it's a wise intervention for strengthening your mental fitness or we can reject the inevitable challenges of life and be imprisoned by them. Of course, we feel and respond to life. We're human. And no one is exempt from challenges, trials, adversity, and loss. And no one, regardless of the challenge, is disqualified from growth that restores you better and stronger and more whole than you were before. It is possible, and possible with God as your cornerstone. Just because you experience growth and receive and accept God's love does not mean you won't suffer. And just because you suffer does not mean you won't experience God's love, grow in spite of, and thrive. When you think of globally impactful figures, right? Nelson Mandela, Ida B. Wells, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, Helen Keller, Jesus. Adversity, major life crisis, and traumatic events are thematic in their stories and was also instrumental in the shaping and impact of their lives, Romans 5 through through 5 states, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You're not alone. We often think we are the only ones dealing with challenges or struggles, from the smallest to the largest, but you're not. There are communities, droves of people that will respond, me too. If you told them the things that you're going through. Or they would say, I went through the same thing and this is what I learned. I hope it is helpful for you. Your life has meaning. Our lives have meaning. And there is purpose and a plan for all of us. And that doesn't change based on the challenges we face. King Solomon son of David who is my absolute favorite character in the Bible and Solomon comes from a family line with a whole heap of drama and King Solomon was considered one of the wisest and wealthiest men in the Bible and he wrote in Ecclesiastes 3 1 through 8 for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So, Mikkel, if there is a time and season for everything, if suffering is inevitable and challenges are guaranteed, how can mental fitness serve as a transformative process for us? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Romans 12, 2, written by Paul. I mentioned him in episode four. And Paul experienced post-traumatic God and growth and he states in Romans 12:2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Mental fitness is a practice for supporting Mind transformation, which is essential to receiving, accepting, and giving God's love and living life abundantly. Every day, every hour, every minute, every second on the second, we have a myriad of emotional responses and reactions and emotions are not good or bad. It's what we do with our emotions that determines certain outcomes. Emotions are the brain's way of getting us to pay attention to something. I have a question for you. What emotion is most difficult for you to accept? Is it happiness, contentment, fear, jealousy, anger? Which emotion are you most resistant to facing, accepting, and you therefore reject it? Emotions are a signal and based on how we accept or reject our emotions determines our feelings, thinking, and behavior. Take anger, for example. Anger is a secondary emotion. The primary emotion before we reach a state of anger is usually fear, hurt, shame, pain, injustice, rejection, humiliation, depression. So if hurt is the primary or initial emotion that you feel in a particular context, your mind might process hurt with an internal reckoning. You might diminish your own value, see yourself as the problem or the one to blame. You might have feelings that you're not good enough. Feelings that you're not being seen in a way that validates you. You're not being heard in a way that affirms you. You're not considered valuable enough to someone that you want to be valuable to. You might even internalize certain labels and categories people and culture have fed you. Or your mind might process hurt with an external reckoning seeing someone or something or systems or institutions as the problem or the source of blame and that everything and everyone else is the issue and is seemingly working against you. In either situation, how you process the emotion of hurt, your feelings can quickly leave you helpless. How do I make this better? I don't know how. Or hopeless. This isn't going to be better. It's just the way it is. And the end result from that process of thinking could very likely be displayed as anger, short-temperedness, dismissiveness, aggression, and apathy, and any other form of an emotional explosion. The way we act, behave, and respond to the world around us occurs in the heart and mind first, and it's greatly influenced by our lived experiences, ways we've been conditioned, and what we consume. There's an entire mental operating system that drives us and our mental system is occupied by a constant barrage of thoughts that serve as parasites and saboteurs and thoughts that serve as allies and sages. The essence of mental fitness is intercepting parasitic thoughts that handle our emotions and life challenges with negativity, insecurity, pessimism, and hopelessness. And commanding our minds to quiet the negative thoughts and tap into our ally and sage thoughts that are God-centered, edifying, affirming, loving, and light-filled. I'm not talking about abracadabra, y'all, or anything spooky. I'm talking about continual renewal of our minds from the emotional hijacking that has occurred that prevents us from receiving and accepting love, flowing and giving love, and walking in our God-given purpose. All of us, regardless of status, background, history, etc., want to be seen, heard, and loved. And our thinking about ourselves and others can oftentimes be a barrier to the exact thing we need and seek. Shirzad Shamin is an author who does extensive research and work on positive intelligence. And he states that we have nine saboteurs that reside in our thinking, feeling and reacting and lead to self-sabotage and how we engage with others. The nine saboteurs are avoider, controller, hyper-achiever, hyper-rational, hyper-vigilance, Judge, pleaser, restless, stickler, and victim. Mr. Shemin's research finds that we all have different levels of each saboteur that takes up space in the way we think, feel, and react and respond, and that all of us possess the master saboteur, the judge. In his own words, The judge is the universal saboteur that afflicts everyone. It is the one that beats you up repeatedly over mistakes or shortcomings, warns you obsessively about future risk, wakes you up in the middle of the night worrying, gets you fixated on what is wrong with others or your life. Your judge is the greatest internal enemy, activates your other top saboteurs, Causes you much of your stress and unhappiness and reduces your effectiveness. I don't know about you, but I know the judge very, very well. I'm very familiar with the judge. I had to intercept the judge's thoughts multiple times while preparing for this episode, in going about this week, in embarking on this day. The judge is always ready to critique and point out everything that is wrong, scary and impossible. I've been quieting the judge all out loud, often and openly, to live in Psalm 139:14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Come what may in life, whether it's in my control or not in my control, I am determined and committed to have an anti-fragile mindset to get better, grow stronger, and repair for the good despite the weights of life, the pressures of uncertainty, and the sea of unknown. You are a child of God. Approved and accepted and validated by the creator. If God is for you, who and what can ever be successful against you? Everything you need to face life with mental fitness is already on you and in you. Whether you are experiencing a season of great abundance or a season of despair, or trending in between, the battlefield of the mind, shout out to Joyce Myers, is very real, and we're either overcoming the battle or being defeated by it. So, how can we start, continue, and maintain a mental fitness routine? In the words of Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., a moment of clarity without any action is just a thought that passes in the wind. But a moment of clarity followed by an action is a pivotal moment in our life. The first thing we can do to start, continue, and maintain a mental fitness routine is establish a morning rhythm. Prayer, meditation, reading, Exercising, jotting in a gratitude log. How you start your day is crucial. How you prepare your mind, body, and spirit to engage in the day is paramount. You need to put on the full armor of God starting your day. Maybe you need to start with a 15 or 20 minute rhythm. Wake up, pray, read a scripture. Proverbs is a great place to start if reading the word isn't already built into your daily rhythm or a morning rhythm. And you can go by the date. So if the day is 227, you can read Proverbs 2nd chapter 27th verse. Write the scripture down. Meditate on the scripture. Being able to speak the word of God to the situations you face in life is imperative. Drawing on the word for comfort for ammunition is critical for facing challenges in the earthly and spiritual realms. The word plants seeds in you. Make sure your morning routine involves a mindfulness activity, meditation, An activity that allows your mind to be quiet and get still. Taking a walk is ideal for this. Whatever you do, invest in activities that are strength training for your mind, body, and spirit. And develop a morning rhythm that you can remain consistent with. And it might require a sacrifice. You might have to wake up a little bit earlier. You might have to clean up an area that you can get up go to, and center your thoughts. The second thing we can do to start, continue, and maintain a mental fitness routine is self-command. This means being attentive to your emotions and intercepting the parasitic and saboteur thoughts as they come. You literally have to welcome the parasitic thoughts in, talk to them, correct them, and extract what they have come to teach you or draw your attention to. So this might sound like, okay, I'm feeling gloomy and sad. Hmm. Where is this feeling coming from? What may have triggered this heaviness? Is this emotion mine or am I carrying this from someone or something I consumed? Hello, somebody. Okay, sadness, you can't stay with me today. I am focused on seeing the bright spots in my life. I have breath in my lungs. I am loved and cared for. And God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. The lesson for me today is to stay focused on my mission and sadness. Your attempted distraction and detour, let me know there is something greater for me on this day. End scene. Self-command welcomes the emotions in, quiets them, and trains your mind to repair stronger and better. Deep breathing is another way to intercept parasitic thinking, especially if you're in the presence of others and the others happen to trigger the parasitic thinking and the primary and secondary emotions. If you feel triggered and you've gone from your primary emotion of hurt to a secondary emotion of anger, pause before you speak. Focusing on your breath and your breathing can recenter your thoughts. Deep inhales and deep exhales. There's a poem by Rumi called The Guest House that gives powerful lyric to the idea of welcoming in all of your emotions. The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, Meet them at the door, laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond, Rumi. The third thing we can do to start, continue and maintain a mental fitness routine is deepen your relationships with others. We were designed to be in connection and relationship with God, ourselves, and with others. Having meaningful relationships is essential for our well being. Keyword, y'all, is meaningful. A surefire way to deepen your relationships with others is by listening. Listening is an art form and it is the main ingredient to developing trust, being vulnerable, and cultivating space where you can be your truest, most authentic self, and others can be their truest and most authentic self. Listening requires you to be curious. Asking more than telling and making continual emotional deposits in your relationships. It's truly an act of giving. It's an act of kindness and giving. And that's significant and has tremendous psychological benefits. Giving and kindness are drivers of happiness. So perhaps this week, you can take a break from social media And focus on deepening a relationship in your life. Think of who you want to listen to as a means of deepening your relationship with them and call them. I know you don't like talking on the phone, but meaningful connection is nutrients for your mind and spirit and necessary for cultivating a mental fitness routine. Call one person this week. See how they're doing. Bring the conversation back to a positive perspective if it veers off, and that means if it veers off because you veer it off, or if they veer it off. Ask them a mindset check-in, or lean in in a way that feels uniquely you, but also stretches you. If you say, "Well, how you doing?" and they answer, say, "Okay, but how you really doing?" Now, the call may be awkward, and that's okay. It might take a minute for them and you to get used to you listening or asking questions or being vulnerable. And maybe it's not a call, and you need to start right in your house with your spouse, your child, your mama, your father, auntie, siblings, etc. Whoever it is, go deeper with someone this week. The last thing we can do to start, continue, and maintain a mental fitness routine is journaling. Written or audio. I cannot say it enough. Write, y'all. There is so much in you. Write it down. Write it for the generations behind you. Leave it for your children and loved ones. Leave it as your heart print on the world. Write it down to encourage you throughout the seasons and journey of your life. Journaling is the one thing that makes me feel most like me and it's therapeutic. The Inside Job Podcast is my journal stories lessons concepts learning from others it's written things that you can write you can free write whatever is on the top of your heart and mind you can start there doesn't matter the length doesn't matter the word you use it's your heart and word form just write You can also write out your fears. This allows you to face them, take them from the battlefield of the mind, and expose them to light. When I was uncertain about attending Harvard and was seriously considering declining my acceptance because Lord knows I could not figure out how to make it financially make sense, I wrote a list called Fears of the Future on March 18th, 2018. Not one fear on that list has come to pass. Not a one. I have gone back to that list and put a check mark and a specific note of how the future turned out completely different from what I perceived and wrote. And every time I go back to that list, which was real and had a heavy visceral emotion attached to it, I can't even feel the remembrance of the weight. I had a professor who told a class full of bright-eyed social impact entrepreneurs, the difference between a perceived constraint and a constraint is reality. What I perceived as a constraint in my fear of the future list was proven wrong by reality. Writing your fears will allow you to put words to emotions and feelings and process them and accept them in a vulnerable way. You can journal about a meaningful goal that you have and what you can do about it now and break down things you can do to get to that goal and then translate those steps into day-to-day actions. You could write a love letter to yourself, the way in which you aspire to see yourself. On August 20th, 2018, I wrote a journal entry titled, If Jesus asked me, what do you want from me? I would say, And the first line of my entry reads, Master, I want all the things you have planned for me. A few paragraphs later, I wrote, I want to speak to the hearts of people who need you and inspire generations to believe in who you created them to be. And here we are. I cannot impress upon you enough The power of writing and journaling. Audio journaling is just as powerful. You can use voice notes on your phone or any other voice recording app. You will be moved and inspired by your own writing. Because it is your heart in word form. I have been moved by my own writing and didn't even remember writing it. I read it as if I was reading someone else's work. I have found encouragement insightfulness and hope in my own words and as I just read aloud I am walking in my words and so will you transforming your mind is catalytic to the life and plan and purpose God has for you this week I encourage you to do three things first reflect on the mindset check-in What's something you initially resisted that ended up being helpful and beneficial for you? Share your reflection with someone, ask them the same question, and deeply listen to their response and ask them a follow-up question or two. Second, write this week. Free write or use an example I shared or any other example, but move your thoughts from mind to paper, or from mind to audio recording. If you already write, reread an older writing and see what sage counsel and self-command you offer yourself and others. And lastly, return next week for another episode of the Inside Job Podcast. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. And I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me at Mikel at Striveforimpact.com. That's Mikel, M-I-K-E-L at strive for, F-O-R, impact, M-P-A-C-T.com. No I in impact. Be sure to rate the Inside Job podcast, leave a review, subscribe, and share. I love you. Keep going.